Welcome to the Run Back to Jesus podcast, where we are going to let go of all the weights holding us down and run the race God designed us for. When we were getting to the point in life where it was time to start growing a family, I was definitely in this frame of mind where I wanted everything to be perfect. I made sure I had my schooling done. My husband and I both had steady jobs. We had a house. I was pretty persistent on one more adult-only vacation. And my plan was to have a summer baby because I wanted to enjoy my maternity leave, being outside, going for walks, and just enjoying life. And this perfection also carried over into my pregnancy. I had this turning point where it was like all of a sudden it was no chemicals at all. I spent thousands of dollars on new ceramic pans. We went out to eat one night and they were cleaning the bathrooms and they must've been cleaning with bleach because I could smell it. And so I made my poor husband get up and leave. And now please, it's, I definitely encourage being mindful of the things that you're putting into your body when you're pregnant. There's nothing wrong with that, but I was obsessing over it and I had so much anxiety over it. And I just wanted things to be perfect. I wanted this perfect transition into motherhood. And truthfully, it was because there was a lot of fear and unknowns for the first time in my life. There was something completely out of my control going on inside my body, at least, you know, to the extent of growing a baby, just so much I couldn't see, so much I couldn't control, so much trust that I had to have that my body would grow this baby. And also just unknowns of the future because it was something new that I had never been through before. So I just thought if I can just do it all perfect, right, it'll make this transition easier. And those of you who have kids, you're laughing because you know that this isn't how it goes with kids. Life goes anything but what you have planned with kids. And honestly, it was such a great blessing for me to go through that because it took this perfectionistic mindset and really made me surrender a lot of things and really see that being perfect in motherhood is pretty much impossible. I mean, right away we had struggles from the start, from feeding, sleep training did not happen. I had a very colicky baby. I was all over on my work schedule, which means a schedule for my kiddo was kind of hard and it was just exhausting. And eventually it just came to this point where it's just like, okay, surrender and whatever works, works. And this is in no means a pity party for myself. I needed this wake up and this shake up to realize that a lot of times, no matter how hard we try, things aren't going to be perfect. But I know for a lot of us and myself included, even after these lessons, still get caught up into this and still make perfectionism a standard that we try to reach. And I know for me, perfectionism in my life has really stemmed from a desire to control. And a lot of times it's the desire to avoid pain. If we can just plan everything perfectly, things will go as planned and everything will be good, right? If I can just do everything right, I'll never be let down. We talked about people pleasing last week, and maybe this is where perfectionism comes for you. If I can just be perfect for all these people in my life, everything will be great and there will never be conflict, right? If I can do everything perfect, I will avoid the failure that I am so afraid of. And these are the thoughts that can kind of spiral through your mind when you're thinking about this. And so perfectionism can come from a sense of fear, being afraid if we fail, what that will mean. It can also come from a sense of pride saying, look at me, I'm I'm always getting things right. And a lot of these two areas were kind of what we talked about with people pleasing last week. And when I was going through my health coaching, there was a mindset coach that I worked with. And I'll never forget the day he was talking about setting standards for yourself. And he just looked and said, Perfectionism is the lowest standard that you can set for yourself. 
And I was like, is this a trick question? <laughs> but it's going around this idea that being perfect is impossible. You will never be perfect. You're going to fail. So if perfection is your standard, you're automatically set up not to hit it and you're going to be a failure. And I mean, even in Romans chapter three, verse 23, it says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us fall short. All of us sin. But yet this idea of being perfect is still something that I know I struggle with. And I know a lot of you do because you've talked to me about it. And I, I see it a lot on social media because people are naturally just sharing the good things. A lot of times we don't even do this intentionally, right? We're not putting our worst failures all out on social media, but you see everyone else's highlight reel. And you can think, well, man, they have everything going perfect in their life. Why is it that I can never get it right? Or wow, they managed to lose weight the, in 30 days. And I've tried for 30 years and haven't lost weight, right? And so the comparison trap that we talked about a few weeks ago stems in, but we can see this all around. And so we feel like we've got to be perfect in order to have worth or to avoid the fear of getting something wrong. And as we look at the story of God's people, we see a common theme. We see that throughout the history of God's people, that as human beings, we are broken, we fall short, and we will never be perfect. And that's the exact reason why we needed a savior. That's the exact reason why Jesus had to come. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is battling with a thorn in his flesh. And we don't know exactly what it was, but it was some type of weakness, something the enemy was using to, to distract Paul. And it says, Paul said three times, I pleaded with the Lord, take it away from me. The Lord said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. I want to say that one more time. God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul then says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. <laughs> That's something we don't see every day. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. But what Paul is reminding us here is in our weak areas, also known as the places where we're not perfect, is where we need God the most. In our shortcomings, we realize we cannot do it all in our own and that we need Jesus. And the pride that comes from perfectionism is saying, I can do it all on my own. I don't need you, Jesus. Or I know for me, it kind of felt like it was like, okay, God, I know that I have your strength, so now I'm going to go out and do it. But then it's, I go out and do it in my own strength, in my own power, instead of truly surrendering and letting God's power work in my life. But yet it is those moments where we can continue to show up despite the imperfections that leads to a situation where God can get even more glory. That's what Paul is telling us in those weak areas where God's strength can step in, then God gets to get the glory, which is what we're here for. In the Beatitudes, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So blessed are those who spiritually see their need for Jesus. Those, those of us who we are spiritually poor and we are just hungry for Jesus because we realize that we can't do this all in our own power in our own strength. And it is in those areas of imperfection, we also see God's grace. And I know that there is nothing more beautiful in my life where I see, you know what? I have messed up God. And I've been so far off your track and where human beings have left, human beings have walked out, relationships have failed when I've got off track. You never have. You love me over and over again because your grace and your love 
is enough. And I, I see that when I experience that, that's where you realize the power and the love of Jesus. I mean, think of Paul. So we're going to talk, we talked about Paul. Paul persecuted Christians. He put them to death and his goal was to stop the spread of the early church. Paul initially thought he was doing a godly thing. Paul was a member of the Jewish church. He had the education. He was working his way up the Jewish hierarchy. And so he saw this new people group, these Jesus followers, as a threat to his religion. And so Paul was going to make a stop to it. And then Jesus appeared to him, blinded him, eventually regave him his sight and completely transformed Paul through an incredible amount of grace, right? God gave Paul grace and worked through Paul, someone who clearly wasn't perfect, with his relationship with God, even though maybe he thought he was, maybe, you know, he thought he was doing good work, trying to keep religion as it was supposed to be. But Jesus came in and said, no, Paul, you are not on the right path, my friend. He had to blind him so that he could see Jesus. And maybe you've not been physically blinded right now, but maybe God is trying to close your eyes so that you can see him. And then you can see his grace. And because of his grace, Paul was able to fully step in to being a follower of Jesus and was one of the most influential people in the spread of the early church. What a change of events. Paul even says this in Philippians. He said, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. Meaning Paul had the education, he knew scripture, he had training in it, but he put no confidence in himself. He put all of his confidence in Jesus. Paul had the right background if he wanted to put confidence in himself, right? To say, I can do this in my own strength and my own power, but he didn't. Because I think Paul probably knew that in his own power he would fail because Paul had failed before. But with Jesus's power in his life, all those weak areas would become a spot for God to get the glory. And throughout scripture, we see this same story over and over again. God's grace extended over and over in the places where we fell short. And as a result of that grace, as a result of God working through our weaknesses, it leads to worship. It leads to praise of God. I was thinking of the woman at the well. She's a Samaritan and Jesus is a Jew. So culturally, it wasn't really acceptable for these two to be talking to each other. And this woman at the well had messed up over and over. Jesus told her she had five husbands and the man she was currently with was not her husband. And while Jesus is sitting talking to her, he revealed to her the truth that he was the Messiah. And I just think that was me sitting there. I had messed up over and over again. I'd been rejected. I had not done everything right. Yet here, Jesus, the Messiah would take his time to sit and talk to me. His love for her was not defined on what she had done. She was not perfect or who she was or what her cultural background was or any of that. He loved her. He loved her and his grace was revealed in that love. And as a result, it was an overflow of worship. She ran into the town telling everyone what he had done. She ran into the town and praised Jesus. And so this grace, when we fall short, when we are not perfect, this grace and this love also leads to our testimony. It leads to our way to disciple people. How this woman shared here, she wasn't perfect. So she shared, you know what? I've messed up. I've got it wrong. I'm not perfect, but Jesus was enough for me and his grace was enough. And if we want to model what it means to be a follower of Jesus, this is it. It's not trying to show everyone that we've got it all together. That's what the Pharisees tried to do. The Pharisees were a group of religious leaders who tried to look perfect on the outside. But instead, what the people of scripture do over and over is, look at I'm broken, but Jesus 
is who makes me whole. And this is my story. I tried for so long to do it all in my own power, in my own strength. I just thought, you know, if I'm good enough, if I work hard enough, if I do it all right, I won't feel hurt and disappointment, right? I was just avoiding pain. Just like when I was trying to have kids, right? If I can just do everything right, I'll be a good enough mom and I won't have to go through the pains of of this struggle of doing something new, or at least it won't be as bad as it could be. But what resulted, right? A lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of striving. And this goes in every area of my life where I've tried to be perfect. And you know, and even in those places where maybe for a short season that striving or the trying to be perfect led to a few measures of success. It was never enough and it never left me full and satisfied. And that stress and that fear over getting things perfect actually stole away a lot of the joy that I could have had. But then because of some beautiful circumstances where Jesus truly stepped into my life. And again, I was that checkbox person. I was that person that saw my faith as a to-do list instead of a relationship. But once Jesus stepped in, and I got to see his grace. I got to see his willingness to use my brokenness. I got to see that I didn't have to be perfect. That's where when everything started to shift and started to change. And it was because there was some beautiful people who shared their story, some beautiful people who boldly shared the faith that taught me how to have a relationship that I started to come to life. And that's, that's why I share my story here. That's why I felt called to do this. I'm not perfect. I'm so broken. But that shift and that really seeing God and knowing him and really just realizing I could let go of trying to have it all together and just just serve him and be present with him has made all the shift. It took away so much of the fear, so much of the stress, so much of the anxiety. And I know for me, I carried around a lot of weights that I didn't have to. And maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you are carrying around so many weights that you feel like you just got to do it all. And today you just need the reminder to set it down. <laughs> You weren't meant to carry everything you're carrying. It takes surrender. You know, there's a lot of pride sometimes in carrying some of those things. And so it takes that surrender. It takes giving up that pride for humility and learning how to truly trust and lean into Jesus. And maybe you're not there yet. (laughs) Maybe you're like, you know what? I let my guard down once before. Maybe I let my guard down once before and church hurt me, or maybe I let my guard down before and it didn't seem like Jesus came through. And and I just want to give you encouragement just to keep reading scripture, keep getting to know Jesus, keep praying. When I look back in my life and I'm thinking of the areas where I felt like it didn't come through, it was always because it I was looking at my plan and I was looking at my time here on earth. I wasn't seeing that part of following Jesus is giving up my plan for his plan. I wasn't seeing that God is good and his plan always prevails. But sometimes here on earth, it doesn't look like it. But if you know God, you see that his plan for heaven always prevails. So a lot of times where I felt like God wasn't coming through is because I had my mind in an earthly mindset instead of heavenly mindset, right? Getting to this place where one day we will be in perfect harmony with God, where there is no sin, no temptation, no hardship, no hurt, no evil, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. So we're here on earth right now and things are broken. Since the day the serpent entered the garden and sin came into our story, we are flawed. We are broken and flawed so we can stop trying to have it all together because it's just not possible. Now, of course we can do good, right? This isn't just saying, okay, I have a free pass to sin. It's just knowing that at some point we'll fall short, that we'll get it wrong. But Jesus never did. And he's the one who makes us whole again. So if pride is at the root of your perfectionism, if that's something that you're struggling with, then it's just seeing our way to humble ourselves and surrender it to God, knowing that we will not be perfect, but he will be. 
Proverbs chapter 16, verse three says this, it says, depend on the Lord in whatever you do and your plans will succeed. And so this is reminding me that I depend on the Lord because his plan is perfect. So if I can surrender my plan to his plan, if I'm following his plan and I'm depending on him, my plan will always succeed because my plan is his plan and his plan never fails, but it's gotta be. And this is the hard part for us is letting go of this idea of our own plan and feeling like we have to do it in our own power in our own strength. And so if you're fighting against perfectionism today, if you're fighting against this desire to say like, I've got to do it all right, maybe something you can do is just sit down and write out some of those things where you've fallen short and own them, own them and give them to God. And then ask him, how can you step in and use these areas where I am weak for your, your good in your glory. You might be like Paul and say, you know what? This is a weakness of mine. Will you take it away? And if God does, amen. And we'll praise him. But if it doesn't saying, God, how can you use this weak area for your good and your glory? Maybe it's also just sharing your area of imperfection with someone else. And boy, I can tell you, there's been a couple seasons of my life where I've had some shortcomings and as hard as it was, I talked about it with a friend and I had a friend, I'll never forget this, where she said, I'm going through it too. And it was just a sense of, I'm not alone. I'm not the only broken person. And together we were able to refix our eyes on Jesus. And so maybe the way that God steps in and uses your weak area is just to be support to someone else. Or maybe an area that you struggled with before saying, you know what? I've been there, but Jesus helped me get through it. And here's how he helped me. And then your struggle, your area of imperfection comes a place where God gets to get the glory. If fear is at the root of perfectionism, and this is, I think, a lot of the places for me, right? You, you're, you're seeking this false sense of control because we know that we're never fully in control. And no matter how hard we try, we still don't get things perfect. So if fear is there, it's, it's letting go of that false sense of control. And it's giving full control to the one who is in control. In first Peter chapter five, verses six through seven, it says this, it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God cares for you. He has a plan for you in those areas where you've fallen short, those areas where you haven't been perfect are places where he can step in and use them, right? Think of Peter. So here we're in first Peter. Peter fell short over and over again. He had the courage to get out of the boat and walk on the water, but really quickly those waves came and he started to sink and Jesus needed to save him. When Jesus was being persecuted three times, Peter denied Jesus. Talk about it's a place of imperfection, right? Yet Peter is the guy that Jesus chose to be the foundation for his early church. And so this is just a reminder, all of these stories, Paul, the woman at the well, Peter, go look through scripture. You'll find them all over the place. There is the only perfect person you will see in the Bible is Jesus, right? Everyone else has fallen short. And so this gives us permission to just do the best with the things that we have, knowing full well that we'll fall short at some point, but that Jesus will be there to rescue us. So we can take some steps into the unknown, even if it's fearful, because we know that what Jesus there with us. We have everything we need. We can also take some messy action for those of us who have perfectionism, maybe out of this sense of pride. Sometimes starting something new can be fear of just what will others think of me as I start it new and it's pretty messy looking and I'm not doing it perfect, right? So many times we don't start things because we know we won't be good out of them when we start, but it's those ones who take the messy action 
are the ones who learn and the ones who grow. I mean, I just think about it in the sense of my kids walking. When they first started walking, it was certainly messy. They certainly fell a lot. They certainly stumbled a lot and quote unquote failed in the sense of walking, but they hadn't been taught that yet. They hadn't been learned that tripping up and stumbling was a failure, right? They just got up and started walking again and it was messy. We're in potty training right now. Potty training is messy. My kid doesn't even seem to think that it's a failure, but they'll keep trying and eventually they'll learn it and they'll go on and they'll be pros at it. And so in life, it's that same thing though, but a lot of us are afraid to be a little messy. A lot of us are afraid to stumble and fall because we don't want to look like we're imperfect or we don't got it all together. So here we can see that we can take that step because we have nothing to prove that we're all broken and that we all fall short. And it's remembering that just as we aren't perfect in our journey, neither are others. So we can extend that same grace and extend that same grace because Jesus has given it to us. And just as Jesus does not condemn us, right? There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. That's a reminder that we don't need to condemn anyone else either. And I know, man, we have seen so much goodness in my life and, and so much love is, is just through this is through people having strength to say, you know what? I messed up and, and I didn't get things right. And then there's just this non-condemning sense of love and forgiveness. It's showing other people, I'm going to love you no matter what. Yeah. There are consequences for falling short. And I, I don't want to negate that. And sometimes that creates huge hurdles that you have to overcome, but it's learning to say this kind of love that says, I'm going to love you anyways because I've fallen short and I've seen that type of love modeled in my life by Jesus. And I'm going to extend that to you. And boy, what a beautiful way to love because that's how Jesus is. And that's how he loves. So if any of these things have come into your life, perfectionism over the last couple of weeks, we talked about comparison and people pleasing all these areas where we fall short. It's just a chance to present them to God. It's just a chance to say, God, here is the shortcoming, this flesh desire, and I'm going to bring it to you. I'm going to bring it to you. I'm going to repent. I'm going to know that all my sins are forgiven, but I'm going to own them and I'm going to turn away from it and turn back to you because God's not here to condemn us or make us feel bad. Second Peter chapter three, verse nine says that he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so God is patient. He is patient with you. He wants you to come to him. He wants you just to turn away from those things and leave it all in his hands. And so today is your permission to do just that, just to run back to him just to leave those shortcomings in his hands, to own up that we don't get it all right. And to own the fact that that is exactly why we needed a savior in the first place is because we are broken and he is the one who makes us whole. Let's end today in prayer. Dear God, I just want to thank you so much for sending Jesus to be the example of perfection in our life. Thank you for the reminder that we are broken and that you are the one who makes us whole. God, I just ask that we can see those weak areas, those weak areas in our life where we fall short and that we can just give them to you. And God, just help us to open our hearts so that you can step in and work in those weak areas in ways that we can. And as you do, help us give you praise and glory in all of it. And that we may extend that same grace and that same love to all those people who we come in contact with in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Oh, well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for allowing the messy action, for sharing, and for just going on this journey together. Please don't forget that we take these podcast episodes and put them into motion every single week in our prayer and workout classes. We move our body, we talk about these topics, and we take movement and honoring our body God gave us and bring it all back to Him. You can enroll at palmrunning.com slash virtual events. The live classes are at no cost. So you can come bring a friend. We want an easy way for you to build community, build on these topics, and also on the body God gave you. And thank you for all who have shared our podcast, who have given us feedback. We appreciate that so much. The way that we help this get into the hands of more people is simply through you, through sharing it with a friend, through sharing it on a social media, through tagging us. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. If you feel like someone would find this episode helpful, please feel free to share it. And we'll see you again next week.